Welcome into this week's edition of the Coaches Show. We've got soccer and football action on this week's show. Joining me right now is head men's and women's soccer coach Tom Cosgrave. Tom, thanks for joining me as always. Thanks for having me. And Coach, we'll jump right into it. We'll start off with the girls like we always do. Uh, started off the week on a little bit of a bumpy road. You had to go up to Itawamba, and, you know, we, we talked the week before. Anytime you've got to go up there, it's a real tough trip. Just because it's so far away, you've got to get, on a, get off a bus and kind of get ready to play. And uh, the, the result wasn't what we wanted to see. You lost 5-1. to one. Um, But talk about how you feel about how the team played despite the loss. Yeah, um, it, was, it was definitely one of those days. I always said that to the girls afterwards. You know, you're not always going to be able to have good days. There's always going to be bad days as well. And I think that was, that was our one. Uh, it was tough getting off the bus and trying to go straight into it. Um, but I thought we started the game all right. You know, the first five minutes, we, we spoke to the girls about the lethargicness and energy levels coming off a long bus trip. Uh, the first five, ten minutes of the game, we started off well, had a couple of bright sparks, um, had a couple of chances that we probably could have um, capitalized on on a different day. Um, and then they just dropped a little bit from there. We had a few costly errors that led to some goals, and then it's always an uphill battle against a, a good side as well up there. Kind of feels like if a couple, if maybe one of those chances had gone in, it might have been a different story. But as you kind of alluded to, halftime, you're down three to nothing, had a couple of defensive miscues that led to a couple of early goals, and then they, they scored a really good goal there right before the half. But Talk about the feeling at halftime. You know, you kind of feel like you're down three to nothing, but you've seen they scored three goals, and you've certainly seen that your team is capable of it. How are you feeling at halftime despite being down three to nothing? Yeah, that was the message to the girls. We said, look, if they can score three in one half, we can as well. I said, you know, luckily that first half is done now, so there's no excuses about uh, the bus or lethargicness or energy levels. Um, we said, you know, if we score the first goal coming out to this uh, second half and we get an early goal, we can put them under pressure. Momentum's a massive thing in soccer. So we said, score the first one and, and keep pushing and see if we can get a result from it. And then you go into the second half, and you, you do exactly that. It takes you a little bit going, but it's almost kind of the exact same mark where Itawamba had scored their first goal. You get your first and what is ultimately the only goal. Uh, Avery Rankin steps up, uh, slots a PK into the back of the net uh, in about the 66th minute. Uh, just talk about her approach to that shot. Yeah, she played really well. She was our little bright spark uh, that we had going forward, uh, and we needed that goal. Uh, it, was, it was a good timing to get it as well, to make it 3-1. Um, and we thought after that goal that we might get a little bit of energy and, and go from there, but it, it wasn't meant to be. They went down the other end and scored within, I think, 30 seconds, and that kind of crushed us a little bit. Right, and so obviously we just talked about that. It's 4-1 to one after they, they get that goal back. They maintain their, their regain their three-goal lead and then score again late, and ultimately you get the 5-1 to one loss. Um, but one another bright spot, I think, is despite the fact that Laura gave up five goals, she still had eight saves. So she still saved well over 50% of the shots she faced, saw 13 shots, saved eight. Talk about the, how well she played despite that loss. Yeah, she made some big saves for us, especially whenever it was 3-0 uh, to try and keep us in the game in the second half. I think she pulled off two really good saves from long-distance shots that um, allowed us to keep it at 3-0. Um, but I think just we, we made too many defensive errors um, in 1v1 defending in that game. And I think uh, it just shown when you play against a good team like that, you can't have a, can't have a bad day. Right, but fortunately you get to uh, Friday and you bounce back. You host Meridian, you get back to Stone Stadium in the friendly confines there, and you, you bounce back, you get a one to nothing win. Uh, you get a late goal in the, the first uh, half despite a delayed start to the first half uh, because of uh, an official getting lost going to the wrong address. That was uh, quite a trip for us waiting to start the stream and those kind of things. But uh, Emmy Cook gets her fourth goal of the year and uh, Charlie gets an assist on her goal in the 38th minute. Just talk about that shot. 
Yeah, you know, every game that we play in this conference is difficult and uh, Meridian, we knew that coming into it, we're going to make it really difficult for us to score and sometimes you've got to be creative and find different ways to, to score, especially when a team's playing a low block where there's not much space in behind. Um, and so we, we counted on our set pieces and we've been working on them a lot this season because uh, obviously games can be won and lost on set pieces, as you've seen. And uh, they executed the plan almost perfect, but we'll still take it as a, uh, we'll still take the goal. Yeah, I think if you go back and, and listen to my call on the goal, uh, you know, I, I was talking about she's just going to take a shot towards the goal, and then all of a sudden it goes in. I, you know, I don't think anybody was ready for that shot to go in, but fortunately it did. And then you, you go throughout the rest of the match, despite a heavy, heavy attack from the Lady Eagles, uh, the, your team only gives up three shots on goal. Laura saves all of them. Talk about how well she played, rebounded from not her best game stat-wise, or you know, the score, score line says not her best game stat-wise, but talk about how well she rebounded and played in that game. Yeah, you know, we wanted a reaction from the girls. We uh, we talked to them about it this week and we said, you know, the mindset is everything. You've got to come back and come back with confidence and be concentrating the whole game. They've got a couple of good forwards that can punish you at any point. Um, and I thought we'd done a really good job of shutting that girl down. I think she's got 14 goals on the season so far. And we just made sure we double teamed her every time. And uh, defensively, we were a lot better in that game than we were um, against the Toambra. And then Lara had to make a couple of saves for us. Nothing too crazy, but she made them when we needed her to. And obviously coming up, uh, the, the schedule doesn't get easier. you got the first of three straight-ranked opponents. And a, a team in Holmes uh, was number one in the nation. We say were, was because they're now coming off the first loss of the season, uh, fell at the hands of Northwest. So they dropped to number three. Northwest moves up to number one. We don't have to see them till next week, thankfully. But uh, it doesn't get much easier going forward, three out of the last four against ranked opponents. But what are you expecting out of the Lady Bulldogs from Holmes? Yeah, uh, you know, like I said, any game in this conference is difficult, um, whether it's Holmes or, you know, some of the, the teams in the middle of the table or bottom of the table, they're fighting in a different way. Um, and so we know they've got a lot of firepower going forward, uh, but we're going we're gonna to give it our best shot. We've got a pretty good game plan that we're going to try and execute against them. And um, luckily for us, we've done a really good job of winning the games that we needed to win this season. Um, and so at this point, when we play these teams, we're in a nice position now going into the uh part of this this last part of the season where you know anything that we do pick up is a nice bonus for us and so we're going to swap over to the guys side now guys had I don't know if you'll call it a better week, but they got results in every game they played, which is what you want to see on, on, on a soccer field and in the action, especially in conference play. We'll start with the Itawamba game, a nothing-nothing a tie, but uh, probably one of the most exhilarating thr and thrilling ties you could possibly have. Talk about how the guys played. Yeah, um, it was an interesting game. Uh, we know, but going into the game, both coaches, we were talking beforehand and we're kind of in a similar situation. Both got good teams, uh, just finding it difficult to get the win or score goals even on some uh, in some games. Um, and then I think that just shown exactly what they, uh, the reason why behind that both teams struggled to score goals. I think the first half we were much the better team and we could have been leading 3-0 at halftime. And then in the second half, they flipped it and they were the better team and they couldn't score either. So, um, yeah, you know, it's always a difficult place to go up there and travel that far, but to come away with a point, um, you know, I'll take it at that point. And uh, credit to both the goalies, I think. Both of them just played with their hair on fire. Uh, and if you look at the stat line, Leo actually performed better than uh, the goalie for Inawamba, although both had a clean sheet, but Leo had a career-high 16 saves. Uh, you know, I was sitting at home watching that one, didn't get to travel with y'all to that one, unfortunately, and uh, it just seemed like every time you needed a big save, Leo was like, I got it today. Yeah, yeah just, talk, just talk about how well he played in that one. Yeah, second half performance was probably one of the best ones I've seen from a, a goalkeeper in my time here at Colin. Um, there was four or five opportunities that I was like, ah, it's definitely a goal for them. And uh, he just stepped up big and just made massive saves. But, 
you know, that's that's part of him being a leader and, and being a sophomore, trying to lead by example for some of these boys. When we need him to come up with big saves, that's what he's been doing all year. Um, and yeah, he came in, came in clutch for us there in the second half. I think we would be remiss if we don't mention probably the biggest play of the game wasn't a save. It was a clearance. It was Dylan and Gamalu, and I'm sitting there watching in a ball that just kind of squeaked by Leo, and you just see it slowly roll into the goal, and, you're, and I'm in the back of my mind going, no, not like this. Please, not like this. And I know you're probably thinking the same thing. And then all of a sudden, Dylan just comes in and clears the ball out. And, you know, I, you can hear over the stream, guys just go nuts because he clears that out. Talk about how big that – because I know it was late and may not have gotten a chance to get an equalizer there. Talk about how big that play was. Yeah, it was, it was massive for us. Um, and, again, similar you know, similar to Leo, Dylan's been, been a rock for us back there this season. I think that was uh, – that kind of – exemplified our performance from going up there. Uh, that was the first time that we've really seen a, a real true gritty performance of togetherness where if someone was messing up, somebody was there to cover each other. Um, when we said that to the boys afterwards, we were like, that's where it needs to be every game. Uh, you know, if someone messes up, someone else has got their back. And we were celebrating goal line clearances and saves just as much as we are as goal. And, you know, coming from a defender, that means uh, that means a lot. It was nice to see. And then you come back Friday, you, again, you're at home, you get to host Meridian in a game where you had a, a draw, and this is probably one of those draws, again, we've talked about several of these, but this is definitely one where you feel like you're happy that you got a point, but you're upset that it was a draw. Mm -hmm. Just because you felt like that was a team that, you know, you get back here, you, you, you're, you're at home, you want to rebound, you've gotten one point, but it's not. it would have been nice to get three, but you still get one. Talk about how the guys performed in that one. Yeah, as you mentioned there, it was definitely uh, definitely felt like two points dropped than it was one point gained. Um, these are some of the games when we're looking back at the performances and the results from this year. These are ones that we're getting a little disappointed at. Though, where we should be taking away three points. Um, I thought we'd done enough to take three points away, but at the end of the day, you're only as good as the uh, the scoreline says. So difficult and, game. And we'll get we'll get into the scoring. And uh, you know, Marinian took an early lead in the eleventh minute. Uh, you kind of felt like it was a goal that. Could have been stopped, but, you know, they're still up one to nothing at that point, and you're thinking, you know, it's early enough, you're not out of it, and uh, this is at the moment, you know, the next moment, Alfie, I don't know if he went to a phone booth and put on a Superman costume or what he did, but he turned into Super Alfie because this is the, the you know, he factors into four goals, all four goals for you. He starts off and uh, he ties the game up with a goal in the 12th minute off a free kick. Talk about his approach on that shot. Yeah, um, he had a few easier chances actually before the before that chance came up. He had you know two or three one on ones with the keeper that he missed, and he was getting a little frustrated with himself. And we just said to him, "Just relax. You're going to get more opportunities in this game. You got to be ready for the next one." Uh, which he ended up scoring the more difficult one, chance of them all. Uh, you know, he, he practices those after after practice all the time, and the way he strikes a ball is excellent. So when it was in that range and that area, me and JT kind of looked at each other, and we figured that it was going to be a, a difficult shot for the keeper to save. Um, and Alfie yeah, struck it cleanly, and uh, the goalkeeper couldn't get enough on it to get it out. So then you're tied, and it was literally just one minute after Meridian had scored, so you kind of felt like you had seized the momentum back that Meridian had gotten there. So you're tied one-to-one, -one, you go for a few minutes, no goal scoring, but then you take a lead two-to-one, and uh, it's, it's, it's a guy that we've wanted to see score, and he's had some opportunities to score, just hadn't been able to finish. He finally was able to finish this one. First goal of the year, Park Smith uh, beats the keeper with an assist from Alfie in the 25th minute. You're up 2-1. to one. Talk about that goal. Yeah, he got a breakaway, as he does a lot this season. Um, we just told him, you know, we tell him all season as well, just have a little bit more composure when you get in front of the goal. Um, he puts himself into some great positions just because of his athleticism, but sometimes I think he gets a little frantic with his decision-making and sometimes rushes his shot. Um, but I was glad to see him get a good strike on the ball and get a goal because he 
deserves it. He's probably one of the hardest working players on the team, so it was nice for him to get a little reward. Now, um, unfortunately, if you're looking at one thing, the bad thing is is the lead was short-lived. You know, Meridian bounces back. They score in the 26th minute, tie it. They score three minutes later in the 29th minute. Now they're up 3-2. to two. And, uh, you know, I, you're not panicking at that point because, again, it's 29th minute. You've still got a lot of soccer left. And uh, if we're honest, it didn't uh, didn't take us long to, to respond again. Uh, Alfie comes up with another goal, another free kick, just a beauty of a kick. Uh, you know, and his reaction to it, I, I think as soon as he struck it, he knew it was in. But uh, talk about that goal in the 30th minute and how big it was to be able to tie it at 3-3 to right there. Yeah, we said to the boys, don't panic. We knew we were going to create a lot more chances. We'd already created 15 or 16 chances at that point anyway, even being 3-2 down. So we said, we just got to have a little bit more composure at the back and stop making these silly mistakes and our strikers are going to do the job going forward. Um, and then the free kick, he hit even better than the first one. I think the first one was a warm-up and a practice for this one because this one was perfect, right? In the stanchion, uh, and it doesn't matter what goalkeeper was in there. There was no way anyone was going to save that. It was a great strike. It was a world-class world goal, in my opinion. So you go into halftime, no, fortunately, no more scoring done at that point. It kind of feels like it was fast and furious there for a little bit, and everything kind of calmed down for a little bit. You're tied 3-3, three to three, and you kind of feel like you're going to get the better of the opportunities in the second half. But talk about how you felt about going into halftime being tied 3-3. Three, three. Yeah, we just said to the boys, we're like, look, just, just stop scoring, stop letting the other team score goals. Uh, we need to keep a clean sheet for the second half. We're, we're creating enough chances going forward that we're going to win the game. Uh, we just need to be a little bit smarter defensively. We're making a few too many errors with our positioning and, and just switching off against a, a fast athletic forward. Um, and we told them, just let the, let the strikers do their thing and, and keep it tight at the back for us. Um, and we, we were confident going into the second half thinking that we were going to win. And if, and you, you do take the lead in the 61st minute. Uh little bit of a crazy play. Uh, it was an open net goal eventually, but Fran gets a, gets another goal, 61st minute, um, with an assist from Alfie. So for those keeping home, that's two goals, two assists. Again, factored into all four scoring opportunities. Talk about the goal. Talk about the crazy play. You know, if you go back and watch it, I know you see Parks kind of trying to chase down the ball, and unfortunately the Meridian defender and Meridian goalkeeper kind of run into each other, and the ball just falls at, at Fran's feet, and he's like, well, I'll, I'll take the goal. <laughs> but, but talk about the play. Yeah, again, uh, similar to what I mentioned before, Parky creates a lot of stuff for us just because of his pace, his athleticism and work rate. Um, and I think the defender was a little worried about his pace getting in behind and there was a bit of miscommunication between him and the goalkeeper. They ran into each other and if you're a forward uh, and you're, you're Fran, that's the type of goals that you want, uh, especially when you're struggling for a few goals, uh, for it to land eight yards out from goal with nobody in the net that's an easy tapping for him so it was nice for him to get another goal yeah you always love to take take an easy one every now and then and and it kind of seems like at that point like despite a heavy attacking presence again from meridian your defense is up to the task uh, they, they don't let anything bomb but then in the 82nd minute just a little bit i think of a misplay by leo unfortunately allows a ball to uh to creep into the net and they tie it four to four um, and then, you know, neither team can get a fifth goal to, to possibly get a win there. But uh, but talk about, you know, the end of the match, you know, obviously, again, disappointed in a 4-4 to -four draw, but you still got the result, you still got a point, it still gets you where you need to be going towards postseason play, but just talk about the end of the match. Yeah, um, obviously a difficult pill to swallow there at the end, uh, you know, conceding a goal like that and that nature, especially after Leo's had such a good season for us. Um, but that was part of the game, everyone's going to make mistakes and errors and, uh, we just need uh, we need to be a little bit more mature um, with our performances and stop giving away silly goals from mistakes and, and give our team opportunities to, to get the three points. We keep keep throwing away the points at the moment and at some point in the season it's going to come back and, uh, and bite us. So we've got to make sure that these last four games that we can... Uh, finish out and seal the deal and get the three points. We do want to mention Leo still did have five saves, so he did save a little bit over half of the shots that he faced. So 
Not the result he would want either, but did still manage to uh, to save more than half of the goals he faced. Now you stepped out of conference play to play your last non-conference action, went over to Birmingham, Alabama, played a neutral site game against Oxford College of Emory University and bounced back in a huge way. Got a 3-0 win. You know, we were talking before we started the shoot. Uh, when you sent me the starting lineup, I said, people are going to look at this and go, yeah, these are names we haven't seen very often in the starting 11, but uh turned out that it worked out great. Talk about the guy's performance. Yeah, you know, we said to the boys after Friday, we said we, we need to give some of the other boys who haven't got too many minutes in the conference play. They've been working hard in practice, and we wanted to give them a reward. So uh, we looked at Saturday's game as a perfect opportunity to give some of those guys some valuable experience and minutes. Um, so we mixed up the lineup a little bit, um, and we started excellent. It was a, it was a great way to start the game with a, with a goal in the first 10, 15 seconds. And obviously, we talk about that a little bit more. Uh, we would be remiss if we didn't say Asa Hurst set school history, set a school record, fastest goal in a match in school history, scored 15 seconds in. Again, another game where Alfie factored into all the scoring opportunities because he had an assist on the goal. Talk about the goal itself. Yeah, uh, we told the boys that, again, similar to the bus ride, we want to make sure that we start strong, start quick with a lot of energy. Um, and I think some of the boys that were in the 11 were, were excited to be in there and they had a point to prove. And so they came out flying. Uh, we won the ball back straight away. Alfie played a ball towards uh, towards Asa and their defender. I'm not too sure what he was doing, but their defender just completely missed it. And Asa um, felt like he must have won the lottery because he was one-on-one -on -one with a goalkeeper after 10 seconds and just slotted it home and got the goal straight away. So you're, you're up one to nothing early. They've got to be stunned. And you think you're going to be off to the races and, and score a lot of goals, but you don't score another one until the 34th minute. And now you swap the positions. It's Asa Hurst assisting Alfie Lally on a goal. And you're up two to nothing after the 34th minute. Talk about that goal. Yeah, just uh, Asa played a good ball into Alfie. And uh, as we keep telling Alfie in training and games, you know, he's one of the best finishers that we've got. So we keep telling him to be a little bit more selfish and take shots more. Um, he stuck a great ball and it ended up going in. So a nice 2 0 lead. So you're up two to nothing after halftime. Your third goal comes from a, a connection you've already had once the once in the week. Fran scores in the 62nd minute with an assist from Alfie. Talk about that goal. Yeah, uh, we've kind of mixed it up a little bit with Alfie. We're trying to find him some new positions where he can be a little bit more effective. Um, so we ended up playing him out on the left where he can cut inside onto his right foot. Uh, he cut inside and whipped in a great ball. And, and Fran is uh, really good in the air, surprisingly. A lot of people don't realize how good he is in the air with his timing and his movement. Um, and he just stepped in front of the goalkeeper, got a big leap off, and then won the flick on and scored the goal. So it was a nice way for him to finish the game. So obviously you go on and you win three to nothing. Uh, we definitely want to talk about the performance of the goalkeeper. You put in, you let Brendan Thomas get a start, first start of the year, and it really paid off for you. You know, and I think people would look at it and go, well, did Brendan just have to sit back there and do nothing? No, he made seven saves. Mm -hmm. You're making your first start of the year this deep in the season. You make seven saves and get a clean sheet. Uh, that's, a that's a great performance. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And he's one of those that we've been talking about. Uh, he's been working hard in training. He's one of those guys that just gets on with the job, works as hard as he can, and he's been patient, waiting for his opportunity. So it was nice to give him a reward, and it was, uh, it was excellent to see him pull off some good saves and and get a clean sheet. And so obviously up next for the guys will be the same team that the girls will be facing. You'll have the Holmes Bulldogs, but what do, you, what do you know about the Bulldogs coming into this one? I know it's a team that they're a little bit scrappy. They always fight, uh, but what do you know about the team going, coming in? Yeah, they've had a little bit of a difficult run uh, this season. I know in terms of results, it's not been the, the best season for them, but again, anyone in this conference can beat anybody. So we've just got to make sure we switch on, do the little things right as a team and, and hopefully come away with the three points. All right, that'll wrap up the uh, soccer part of our show this week. Tom, again, thanks for joining us. Coming up next, we'll talk with football head coach Glenn Davis about how the Wolves did on the road at Cahoma and their upcoming match against the Bulldogs of Gulf Coast.
Welcome back in. Thanks for joining us back after that break. Joining me now is head football coach Glenn Davis. Coach, thanks for joining me. Glad to be here. Thank you. And coach, obviously you guys coming off a win, did exactly what they needed to do, got the win, stayed relatively healthy, and you're getting ready for the next one. Talk about how you guys played up at Cahoma this past Saturday. Well, we've been, you know, we've kind of had a rash of injuries, so we've kind of had to play a lot of different guys, which, uh, you know, have to give them credit for being so resilient and, and uh, fighting through it, not using that as an excuse. And, you know, we didn't play our best game, but I thought, we, you know, we played well enough to win, and that's, that's what we had to do was to win. Coach, obviously, we'll start like we always do. We'll talk about some impact players. I think uh, you look at the box score, no bigger impact than in the rushing game. In a, in a game where your, your passing game really kind of felt a little off, your running game really picked up. You had a, both your running backs went over 200 yards. We'll start with Trey. Trey Miner led the way, uh, had 20 carries for 119 yards and had two touchdowns. Talk about his play and how he stepped up over the last couple of weeks. I mean, Trey's played well. Well, uh, you know, the biggest thing with him is, you know, from a coaching perspective is, is we got to protect the football better. He had, you know, had two fumbles while lost one. Uh, but running the football, Trey has done a great job, and he's been a, you know, a, uh, you know, a, a big need for us to stepping forward with some of the injuries, other injuries we've got at running back right now. And then obviously uh, your other running back, the one that everybody knows about, Johnny. Johnny finally eclipses the 100-yard mark this year. He had 13 carries, 116 yards, and a touchdown. Talk about, you know, how he was able to be complimentary to Trey and how they really complement each other throughout the whole game. I mean, it, I mean, it was big for Johnny also. And, and uh, you know, both of those guys have, have really uh, – you know, kind of gotten better and better as the season's gone on. Johnny, you know, he's been consistent pretty much all the time, and and you know, Trey's gotten better, and you know, we're we're excited about having both of them, and and both of them being healthy, and that, that to me, that's a big thing. And again, we did talk about passing game. Didn't have the best day out there, but Jalen Smith still had a a solid game. He had five receptions, fifty four yards. Just talk about how he played and how he was able to just come up with big plays in crucial moments. Well, I mean, we, we, you know, we've done some stuff screen-wise to get Jaden the ball, and you know, he's taking advantage of that. You know, with his return skills, you know, all that helps. So, you know, volume was a little bit high, and uh, you know, the wind was, uh, you know, it was really windy. So that sometimes that plays a, uh, you know, a big effect on passing game, and and uh, you know, so you know, we were able to run the football, and that's kind of what we hung our hat on. And. Uh... Excuse me, we talk about them every week, but the defense, once again, just came up big. Held uh, Cahoma to just 86 yards rushing. I think that's the third lowest amount of rushing a team's had on you all year. But then held them to 194 yards total, and that is the lowest total all year. You had seven sacks, two or three forced fumbles. Just talk about how that unit played as a whole, and then we'll talk about a couple of the players. I mean, they did. I mean, the whole group played really well. Uh, you know, they they ran to the football, and, you know, I think those are things that, you know, you'll see when you watch the game and, uh, you know, just how hard they play. And uh, to me, that's that's something that, you know, that coaching them have instilled in the guys, and, they've you know, they've hung their hat on that week in, week out, is, you know, to run to the football and play how hard they play. And uh, one of the guys we want to talk about, if you were on our social media yesterday, you saw this already, but uh, Billy Pullen for the second year this mm – -hmm. or second time this year, excuse me, uh, earned MACCC Defensive Player of the Week. He had a huge game, six tackles. Wasn't the leading tackle on the team, but where he did lead the team, three and a half sacks. It seemed like every time they got any kind of momentum going, Billy was there to get a huge sack and really kind of stop momentum. He did. He played well, and you know he's been battling some injuries. And you know, you know, Billy's kind of, you know, another one of those guys on our defense that you know how hard he plays. He kind of, uh, you know, sets the tone for us defensively and, and for our entire football team. 
And I think another one, one of your DBs, one of your sophomore DBs, Navarian Benson, again, six total tackles. That was good enough for being tied third on the team, him and Billy and one other player. But I think where Navarian really stood out, too, is he blocked a field goal on special teams, he got you an interception, and he broke up another pass. Just talk about how, you know, that that's a guy when you, you've looked at him a lot of times, he's kind of been over there on an island a lot of times because he's one of your, your outside DBs. But talk about how well he played last week. He did. He played really well. I mean, anytime you, you talk about a guy having tackles and Pass breakup, interception, and a block, uh, uh, field goal or punt. You know those are those are things that you know, uh, points wise. When you start figuring up points for def defensive players, I mean his points system probably was higher than Billy's, and and uh, you know he played really well. You know, uh, Jerron Manning's another guy. You know he had a block field goal, had ten tackles, had five solos and five assists, and uh, so you know both of those guys in the secondary uh, played really well and, and had a direct. Uh, uh, you know, plays in the game that, that changed the play of the game. Jerron coming off, a, got, the, got the block punt, coming off a game where he really sealed the win mm -hmm. against Southwest. He, he's continued to step up and play well for you right. as well, too. We'll jump into the scoring. Uh, now, this week, you, every week we talk about you want to start fast. This week you did. You scored on your opening possession. Trey gets his first uh, score of the game, a little four-yard rush, capped off a seven-play uh, 47-yard drive, I believe that drive set up by the blocked punt by right. Jerron Manning. Um, but just talk about that drive and talk about, uh, you know, how, how well Trey ran the ball during that drive. Well, do, really during that drive, it was really Johnny Daniels that got us to that point. He comes out, Trey scores the next play. And uh, so, uh, you know, that those is kind of where you talk about guys complimenting each other and, and uh, coming in and there not being a drop-off. Uh, so to me, that was the biggest thing is us running the football, Johnny having a good drive, and then Trey came came in and finished it off. And then Brandon Gillum hits that PAT. So you're up seven to nothing. You've got 11:02 left in the first half. And there for a second, you kind of thought maybe Cahoma's going to respond, gonna you know do something. They lined up for a field goal. And that's one that you blocked. Unfortunately, I believe Bern Christopher Burnett blocked that one, but then unfortunately he was called for a roughing the kicker penalty because he ran, he did run into the kicker. So that extends the drive. Cahoma gets to line up for it again, and then you block it again. So really you get two field goal blocks, only one of them count, but this was when Benson blocked his and then Burnett mm -hmm. recovered it. Talk about how big that play was and how it really kind of shifted momentum oh, back really, to your guys. really big because the first block, they said that we didn't touch the ball. It was roughing the kicker. So if you block a kick and rough, and rough the kicker, there's no penalty. And uh, so they said it. That you can see definitely on film that the that it was a blocked field goal. And but uh, the kids, like I say, they kept battling, and you know defensively they they held them out and then kept them off the off the score. And uh, so that was that was mighty big. And then you know offense kind of sputters a little bit there for a little while. You can't. It feels like you kind of don't get a lot of things going. You're moving the ball. You're just not finding the end zone. But then you do line up for a 38-yard 30 30 yard field goal. Unfortunately, uh, Gillum misses that one. So the score holds at 7 to nothing. You're in the second quarter. But then, once again, your defense just kept stepping up. You got interceptions from Zarian Jackson. And the very, uh, Benson got another one. Talk about how the defense just continually just came up with plays, continued to stop the momentum, and just kept you all in the game. Yeah, I mean, that, like I say, you know, we always talk about uh, – answering plays of, of, you know, whether it's a play or a drive, you know, one side of the ball has to do that. If the, if the opposing team's offense goes in the score offensively, we've got to go answer that drive. And, you know, same thing defensively. If, you know, if, if they make a play on them, they got to go back and answer the next play. And uh, so I, I think that's kind of what those guys and this football team has done all year is, is do those kind of things and make those kind of plays. And, you know, really proud of them for that.
And then the first half ends with Cahoma once again lining up for another field goal. They missed that one wide left. So despite not having your best output offensively in the first half, you're still up 7 to nothing. Talk about the feeling going into halftime knowing that you got that lead. Well, it was one of those things that could have been 24 to nothing at, you know, at halftime. And, you know, we, that's the thing we talked to them about is that, you know, you know, play to your ability, not somebody else's ability. And, and uh, you know, we challenged them on that all week. And, you know, I thought the guys really came out and answered that, you know, the second half because I think we scored on two consecutive drives offensively. And, and uh, you know, that was that was big. We did score on back-to-back drives there, as you mentioned. Came out on that opening possession of the second half. So opening possession start the third quarter. You score on that one. It's an 11-yard run. From uh, Trey Miner, he capped off a seven-play, 60-yard drive. Talk about that drive again. Another play, I think, where you saw Johnny and Trey kind of working together, and Trey got the got the touchdown because of it. But just talk about how well that drive looked. Yeah, I mean, it was it was good. I mean, like I say, you want to answer coming out of the, the halftime, and and you know, I thought that's what the offense did, and and uh, you know, offensive coaches, you know, did a good job of getting them the kids ready to go out there and let's execute and. You know, play your best. And then defense gets you a stop. You get the ball back, and then this is where Johnny gets his touchdown. And it was a drive. It was a long drive, seven seven plays, 92-yard drives. 35 of it came on a play. When Johnny scored, he bust through the Tiger off uh, defensive line, and there was nobody in front of him. He just ran until he hit his head on the goalpost. Talk about that play in that drive. It was, it was big. It was blocked up extremely well. I mean, there was a whole big hole in there. I mean, there was a couple of the coaches said they could have run through the hole too. So, uh, I mean, it was that big. And, you know, he did a great job of, uh, you know, getting through it and scoring and receivers downfield blocking. And, and uh, you know, anytime you have a long run, you know, you have to be doing something right, not just eight or nine guys doing it. It's all the 11 guys doing what they're supposed to do. I think all of us who were in the uh, the visiting press box or visiting media box that and when Johnny broke through, we were all like, well, they, he's gone. Not, no one's catching him there. And so your defense continues to step up. You continue to just stall him out offensively. Uh, you, you continue to move the ball, but you don't find the end zone again. Lone score for the Tigers does come on a 40-yard scoop and score. I think that was Trace's second fumble. So like you mentioned, you, you'd like to have a little more ball security. But overall, Get out of there with that twenty to six win. You got to be feeling really good now going into your next game. Yeah, I mean we, you know, it's a short week. That's the the negative of all of it. You know, the guys have, uh, uh, have handled it well. Practice this week, and uh, you know, normally, you know, Saturday game, Thursday game, you don't really want to have to do those very often. But you know, we uh, we've got a strong Gulf Coast team that we're going to play and. Yeah, I think our kids will be ready to do that. And you just, you just mentioned it. Next up, on the road on Thursday at the number four team in the nation, the Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College Bulldogs. And, uh, you know, if you look at their scores, they've just kind of been running roughshod over all the teams they've faced so far. Um, but what do you know about that that bunch and, and what they've been able to do so far this year and what the matchup's going to look like for us? Well, I mean, they lead every offensive category uh, that you can see scoring, rushing offense, total offense. Uh, and then defensively, they're they're number one team in the state defensively. So, uh, you know, they're they're a great football team, and and uh, you know we're going to take all of our guys down there, and you know put band aids on them as much as we can, and we're going to go play. All right. Well, that'll wrap up the football portion of our show this week. Again, Wolves on the road facing off against number four Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College Bulldogs, and then on Friday, soccer facing off against the Lady Bulldogs and Bulldogs of Holmes here at Stone Stadium. I'm Kevin Kaiser, Sports Information Coordinator here at Colin. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week.